What's up, guys? It is Tuesday, and the WGT Challenge is going strong. Based on last week, you pretty much got to try and ace it if you want to win the weekly prize of a DNVR shirt or gift card to a local restaurant. And we're not making that easy to play. Go to FreeWGT.com to download the game. It's called World Golf Tour, and it's one of the best golf apps out there on the market. Once you've downloaded the game, again, from FreeWGT.com, go to the closest to the whole challenge. This week's course is Congressional, the sixth hole of the challenge. Not hole number six, but the sixth hole you play in order. It's a long one. Again, you'll be hitting a fairway wood up to a green that is about 50% surrounded by water. I think AJ's attempt put it directly in the water, so... You can beat him at least. Shouldn't be too difficult. But to win the prize, you got to stick it close. And that can be quite difficult from that distance. Again, Congressional, the sixth hole of the challenge. And even if you can't get it that close, doesn't matter if you hit it in the water. Doesn't matter if you're 300 yards away. Still submit your score, which you can do by taking a screenshot and sending it in to info at thednvr.com or hitting us up on Twitter at DNVR Avalanche. From there, you'll be good to go. Not only will you be entered in the weekly, but you'll be entered in the grand prize drawing, which isn't that far away now, and you'll win abs tickets or a jersey of your choosing if you're out of state if you win the big draw. So get in on it. It's not difficult to do. Very easy to just play the course once, take that screenshot, and give yourself a chance to win. Get on it. Let's do it. Get into the show. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon, Cole J.T. Comfer, 877 goals now. Gabriel Landeskog, collective hugs, 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome into the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations and use their express checkout to be in and out in minutes. Plus, you can reserve products online at mygreensolution.com and use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. We are... Tomorrow night, I guess, away from the game that the Avs just lost. They snapped their six-game win streak. However, they did get a point out of this game. And I think I took a stance that a lot of people are going to disagree with on this one. Outside of the first three minutes of the third period, I thought the Avs were the better team at 5-on-5 five five in this game. Um. Okay. Okay. I'm, yeah, I, I don't have a strong objection to that. Um, special teams ended up playing a big role in it uh, just because yeah. one power play scored and the other one didn't. But I I don't I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think that it was a grinded out kind of game. But sure, at 5v5, we can say the abs were the better team. I don't think it was I don't think it was by a lot. Um, I don't think that there was a ton of quality. 
Like, I don't, I don't think that big save Dave was the man last night, anything like that. You know, I don't, I, I just don't, I don't have an objection to the idea that they played better at five V five. I just don't think that it was by a wide enough margin for it to have made a major difference. I think there were portions of the game where it was by a significant margin. And this is kind of getting to my larger point of the way the Avs ran their breakout in this game. It was a bit different than what we're used to seeing. There was a lot more forward support, a lot more of these smaller passes and, and movement through the neutral zone. And when it works, it works very well, but it was also prone to getting too cute a lot of the time and caused a lot of turnovers. And as the game progressed, it seemed to start to fall apart more and more. Forwards started flying the zone, things like that, and they just couldn't keep it up consistent. Uh, Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, the breakout problem last night, more than anything, is just a result of who they have on the back end. And, and more specifically, who they don't have on the back end. Right. The lack of Kale McCarr and Eric Johnson, different roles there, but both obviously affecting that. Yeah, you either you either have both of those guys in your lineup in McCarr and Johnson uh, and then with Gerard, and you if you wanted to go one on each, uh, each pairing, then you can split them up and you have one decent puck mover, uh, one guy that you feel comfortable moving a puck, I'll say. On each pairing, on each pairing, as I bite my tongue, geez. Um, and then, if you wanted to combine them, as we've seen them with Gerard and Johnson, and you know, then then you take your chances with one pairing without those guys. But that's that's fine. Like you don't have an issue with that. You can, it's fine to stack a pairing like that. But with with two of those three guys missing, I think the limitations were pretty exposed last night. And um, you know, you don't ever want to write a guy off really early, but we're not seeing much of anything from Kelly Rosen that, that demands he stick around. I don't think it's particularly bad. He did struggle with that one goal, but so did Barbario even worse. So mm-hmm. it's replacement level is what it is. It, yeah, it's a good way to put it. And and I, it's not it's not bad enough that it's like they've got to do something about this, but it's right. not good enough that they're going to be able to hold off Connor Timmins much longer. Exactly. If there wasn't a Connor Timmins playing Rosen would be fine, but Timmins is right there. Right. And um I mean do we do do we want to just have this conversation and and we might as well. We're in it. I I mean cuz I see a lot of this like the ads are stupid. They won't play Connor Timmons. And, you know, I'm I'm of the idea that right now it's fine because you do want to see what you have in Callie Rosen. Uh, we came into the year and we're like, hey, make sure that you give yourself an opportunity to see what you have with this guy. You know, given his age, you don't want to spend a lot of time messing around with him. If he comes up and gives you 10 solid games, you keep him around maybe. And, you know, you're happy with that, right? But if he comes up and he gives you 10 games and you're like, oh, well, all right, well, now we know, then you're happy with that in a different way and that you know what you don't have and so that you can move on. And we saw the Avs rotate through their D uh, call-ups last year. If the guys weren't very good, then they would call somebody else up. You know, Kevin Connaughton, very unsurprisingly, got first crack at it this year, uh, came up, was not very good, and... Now they're cycling. Now they're now they're going through it. And at this point, you have to expect Connor Timmons is going to be coming soon. When they called up Rosen, he specifically said in his presser, 
There's a couple guys down there we want to take a look at. Rosen is the first of them. And to me, all that screamed was Connor Timmons is coming. And I mean, technically, Connor Timmons did get the first two games of the season. Sure. And that's kind of something I want to talk about because there is this overarching theme with the abs and prospects, right? Where they don't play them, but Connor Timmons has not been put on that path. Like so many have of, especially draft picks outside the first round. Mm -hmm. Timmons played well in preseason. They said, great, get him into the NHL. He was okay, but obviously had some apparent deficiencies and they sent him back. I think we both agreed. Maybe it was a little quick to pull that trigger and send him back, but definitely was. It's clear that he is on their radar. He's someone that they want to play in the NHL. 100%. And this is as good a time as any um, to, to find an excuse for it. So if, uh, you know, if EJ is going to be out another two weeks, um, I would give Rosen the rest of this week. And if Rosen doesn't have a, a good game, I mean, we're talking like Rosen doesn't have you know, we'll, we'll go with Evan's grades basis here. If he doesn't have a solid, like B minus or better in those two games, see what, see what the kid has. I mean, honestly, once they send Werner back and they have that open roster spot, why not run Timmons and you can continue to rotate Rosen and Barbario if EJ's missing significant time and Kale will probably be back to prevent that, but maybe not. So the thing with Barbario for me, um, this is a locker room thing, in my opinion. Sure. This is a Mark Barbario has garnered a significant amount of respect from his teammates. Um, and I had a conversation with a, with um, a player yesterday in which we were just, we were just shooting the breeze. You know, we were just talking about the team and kind of the makeup of it. And out of nowhere, um, Barbario got brought up by by this player and said, you know, a guy like that, that guy is on that guy is on the ice every single night on a lot of other teams in the league and said that that he comes in here and works very hard every single day. And regardless of whether or not he's in the lineup, out of the lineup, he commits himself completely to being here, being present, being part of the part of the process, um, even if he's only in the lineup, one out of every five games. And so I think with EJ out, with Makar out, I think that this is a respect thing for Barbario. Um, this is a, this is an accountability thing. This is a, a kind of like what we saw with Gabe Bork in the last couple of years where, you know, this guy has earned the respect of his teammates and the coaching staff is willing to, put him out there every night in a limited role and say, you know, we want you on the team because obviously there's value of having that guy around. Um, when injuries come up at your position, we will play you. We might only play you in a limited role and not in an expanded role, but we want you on the ice. We still like you as a player, but we love you as a person. And the, the feeling that I got was that the Barbario and not necessarily rotating him out a lot right now has a lot to do with uh, just the respect that he has in the locker room and and the more human element of how you set your lineup sometimes. 
Yeah, and I can respect that. I understand it. I think there is certainly a benefit to that in the locker room, especially for someone like you said, it's Barbario, who is working so hard in what is essentially a seventh or even eighth defenseman on the team role at times. Mm -hmm. And that's great. It's a good story. It feels good. It's well-deserved. I'm not saying we're there yet, but at a certain point, Timmons is going to be a better defender and help the team more. And I don't think that point is not that far away. I I just think that at that point, that's where you go with – that's where he takes Rosen's spot. Sure. And that's, and that's perfectly fine. I think those – Rosen and Barbario so far have been entirely interchangeable as their level of play. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. And that's why, you know, Makar comes back – this is why I say give give Rosen the, the rest of this week. Give him the two games this week here in Denver. Um, Makar comes back. Let's say Makar is back for next Monday's game in St. Louis. Then one of those guys has to come out of the lineup. You, that's where that's okay. You know, Makar replaces uh, Makar can replace Rosen, and then Timmons can replace Barbario, and then you give your lineup a different look entirely. Sure. And you can say, look, you gave Rosen an opportunity to earn a spot and outplay a Barbario. If he does, great. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Right. And that's and and I'm not I'm not looking at giving Callie Rosen like a an extended lease just because you either you see it. If if a guy has it, you see it. You know, there's not an extended trial period here. You know, you're not gonna see ten games where all of a sudden you're like, Oh man, okay, great, he's figured this out. You know, we Ryan Graves is a great example of this. Ryan Graves came up last year, very, very little expectation on him, and forced the team to keep him. And he had it. Yeah. He exactly. He showed it on day one. And I I, you know, lowballed his chances over the summer because I thought there's just no way they're going to they're going to give this guy an extended burn with all these bodies that they have, with all these guys that have talent and all these guys that they like and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he outplays all these guys. And now you look at him and I believe he's the second highest scoring abs D this year. Yep. No one else is, is really producing. I guess Ian Cole's magic ability to get assists comes close, but <laughs> uh, Graves has five goals and that is certainly the second best for the decor. Yeah. And okay. So Graves and Cole, both by the way, at 12 with Gerard yeah. at 10. Yeah, I know Gerard. Gerard doesn't even have a goal yet, does he? He does. He has one. Oh, did he get the one? Okay. Yeah. Which we'll get into that conversation next segment, I suspect. Yeah. And so where I think with the Timmons thing is that I think it's coming. As long as he continues to do what he's doing for the Eagles, there's no way they're going to hold him off too much longer. And at the beginning of the year, what did we talk about? We said, hey, let's see how he does in the AHL and then revisit this by the new year. And that's lining up perfectly with this timeline, even with Eric Johnson uh, coming, you know, potentially coming back. Eric Johnson gets back to skating next week, you know, maybe two weeks after that. He's, you know, maybe EJ is ready to go by New Year's. But if he's even in that timeline, you're going to need somebody to play. And there's no reason if Connor Timmons continues to keep it up. And and Callie Rosen does not take a, a big step forward. There's no reason to keep going down this road. And let's be real. It's a very high possibility that 
between EJ and Ian Cole, two very injury prone players over their careers, there could be more injuries down the line for Timmons to step into easily. I mean, you fully expect at some point um, guys are going to get dinged up. Yeah. You know, it's just that like some of what the abs are going through right now, like 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 what they're going through with McCarr right now is very normal wear yeah. and tear in a season. You know, a guy gets guy gets hit awkwardly, misses, you know, and misses two or three games. And comes back in the season and, you know, and you look at the, you look at it at the end of the year and you're like, oh, he pl- you know, he played 79 games in that healthy season. It's just that with how things have gone for the Avs, it's felt ridiculous. That they've stacked up all at the same time. Yeah. Well, that it's, it's been since the eighth game of this or the ninth game of the season, the one in St. Louis, that it's just been this, it, it, it's been this nonstop conga line to the IR. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been brutal in that regard for the Avs, and they're bound to get healthier. Uh, it, we'll get into that conversation in a bit as well. But for now, I don't. We had a goalie pod. This is going to kind of turn into a defensive pod by the sound of it. Yeah. But we can take our first break from the first period here because the Avs defensemen. Often a reason to drink, both good and bad. Depends on the game, depends on the play. So it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. And Breckenridge Brewery is Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits Brewery of the Month for December. Go download their app and enjoy a six-pack of Breck Brew for just $7.99 all month long ton of options i've told you guys about so many of their beers whether it's that christmas ale the avalanche amber the hot peak ipa and a billion other ones to choose from there have weekly deals all sorts of awesome specials it's a great combination with breck brew and davidson's to get breck brew on the cheap which is the best kind of breck brew you can get and also keep an eye out for our Breckenridge event calendar. We have our next Avalanche watch party scheduled. It's just a little over a week away now. The game on the 18th will be our next one. Come out, bring drink some Breck brew and have a good time with us. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by the Green Solution. Rudo and AJ here talking some defenseman for you we kind of got into the ryan graves situation the way he stepped up particularly in the absence of eric johnson and now kale mccarr he's found every part of his game has come together whether it being continuing to work on the penalty kill and that side of the puck for the abs or finding those reads on the offensive side he plays the offside away from the puck extremely well a lot of plays lately where he pinches in and can create or finish for the abs true facts <laughs> it's i've been comparing him to nick holden because it's eerily similar in my mind the way those two perform that play and it it kind of gives you some perspective on Imagine Nick Holden on an avalanche team that wasn't just a disaster waiting to happen. Where he wasn't legitimately their third best defenseman. Right, exactly. Where he could fit into his role, get sheltered when he needed to, and be effective. Yeah, I mean, imagine Nick Holden in the role that he played for the Bruins then. 
Yeah, fair enough. It's pretty you know? much the, the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> and at times, you know, he's he's a little older now and he's slowed down a little bit. But uh, at times, the the role that he's played for Vegas as well. Yeah, that Vegas defense kind of became a mess, didn't it? It did. It, it got messy in a hurry, uh, honestly, just because uh, they got rid of all the guys that could skate. They 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 went big on. Well, they went big on big. They they went crazy for size, and now it's Theodore and Schmidt and the classic trap. Yeah, I mean, very old school approach to defense. Um, you know, and a guy like McPhee. Yeah, you know, been around right? that block a few times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a team that still employs Ryan Reeves. So, you know, and I say that like Ryan Reeves is a twenty point guy last year. Like they're. As long as he's doing that, you know, the guy's the guy's a productive NHL player, but obviously that's not why he's in a lineup. But anyway, point being, Brian Graves stealing uh stealing hearts, stealing jobs. Straight up. Guy uh guy has forced his way into a lineup and uh I talked to uh he was one of the guys I talked to yesterday and uh we'll be actually working on a bigger feature on him this week. So you guys can look for that later on in the week. Um, he's agreed to sit down with me for a little while and gravy and I are going to hang out a little bit. So there you go. You heard it here first. AJ's riding the gravy train. Yeah, it's going to be uh, going to be. I'm really looking forward to, to spending a little bit of time with him and and getting to talk more about kind of his journey, you know, his path and and the way that he has carved out a role here and consistency and he's 24 years old like this is a guy that you know could very easily kind of follow the what we saw with Patrick Nemeth where hey he gets an opportunity wins a job hangs around for a couple of years and then earns a big hefty free agent contract somewhere else someday that uh might just be the way she goes or hey look yeah. Expansion draft's not that far away, depending on how things shake out. Boy, that is a really interesting point. Um, we've been we've been focusing our very limited expansion conversations around Donskoy and Comfer and Jost, uh, Nikita Zadorov, yep. maybe Pavel Francos if if it's meant to be that way. <laughs> yeah, if if things shake out that that way. Uh, but Ryan Graves gonna certainly make it interesting if he keeps it up. Where where would you go, you know, looking at Colorado's defense today and assuming that they uh they let's just let's just make life very easy very quickly. Um Eric Johnson, Sam Gerard, Kale McCarr, the protections, Nikita Zadorov, Ryan Graves, you know, Nikita Zadorov could be on a significantly more expensive contract because the way that he's playing right now, I think he's yeah, he's earning himself a multi year deal. Um in in the four and a half million range, honestly, the exact same reason he's earning that contract is the exact same reason he gets picked in the expansion draft. Unfortunately, I think you think so. Long term stability. Yep. I if he Evan has talked about this a lot too. If he continues to play this way when that bubble comes off, mm-hmm. is this is a much more sustainable Zadorov than we've seen up to this point? That's fair. So if he holds that down for the majority of this season, I don't know. Graves, great in his role, can 
continue to be an NHL defenseman, certainly, but he's not going to shut down Connor McDavid. We'll put it that way. So, yeah, 100%. That's how I see it this second. Zadorov could go out, take four horrible penalties, have four terrible turnovers tomorrow night against Philly, and we're right back to the normal Zadorov, though. So <laughs> we'll yeah. see as how that develops. I do want to continue working through the Avs defensive core here, though. We're already in the Zadorov room. Do you have anything else to add to that conversation? I, he had 10 hits the other night, so he's still fully capable as far as that's concerned. I mean, if this is the Nikita Zadorov, um, I, I would, I would love to see a little bit more on the offensive side. But that is, that is like the nitpickiest of a nitpick, and I fully recognize that because if this is who he's going to be regularly, and he's going to play this kind of defense, and he's going to limit the penalties, I don't mind a penalty every so often. You know, like a guy, a guy takes a, a random penalty, and it's just you know, you kind of just, all right, whatever, you know, not, not a big deal. Like Andre Burkowski last night uh, was called for holding and you were just kind of like, okay, whatever. Like he doesn't do it often enough for you to be like, right. If Z is going to play this solidly on, in the defensive zone and uh, play with uh, the, an, an increased discipline where he's, you know, let's give him one penalty a week. You know, sure. let, I Even, think one one penalty a week is fair because it's not like they're just going to completely disappear forever. I'd even say a penalty every other game. If he can tone it down to one penalty minute per game, that's a significant improvement. That's a good. OK, I'm down with that, too. I would I would be fine with that as well. Um, That's I mean, that Nikita Zadorov has to stay. You're no longer you're no longer talking about well Bowen Byram and Connor Timmons and what are you gonna do? You know, you just don't have room anymore. You've always got room for a guy that's six six and regularly turns opposing forwards into his pets. You've all if you don't have room for that guy, you're doing it wrong. You have to make room for him. You have to. He has to he has to continue this level of play. Because if he goes right back to that very inconsistent, you know, it's very easy to get attached to Nikita Zadorov when he's in a, in the stretch of play where he is right now, where he's playing very well defensively. He's not making a lot of mistakes with the puck. And it's very easy to talk yourself into, oh, well, if he's just this guy all the time, the problem is, is that he's been this guy maybe half the time. And the other half of the time, you're going crazy watching him. You know, it's it's maddening how frustrating he can be. And we've seen this over several hundred NHL games. And so it's not like a recent trend, you know. It's it's very much who he has been. But there's always that hope. Hey, if you smooth it out. Yeah, it, that type of consistency you hope can come with a little bit of age, with a little bit more worldly experience and as you said, you find a way to keep guys like that. All of a sudden, Ian Cole, buddy, goodbye. <laughs> because that's essentially the role that Cole was brought in to be, the very solid lockdown defenseman. If Zadorov is stepping up into that role, he brings the physical side of the game. He's mm -hmm. younger. He's will 
potentially could be on a cost-controlled contract, even if it is in a, a heftier price range than maybe some people want. That's how you carve out roles on cup-contending teams. I mean, realistically, if the Avs walk into next season with no Ian Cole, Eric Johnson at $6 million, Sam Gerrard at $5 million, and Nikita Zadorov at, let's just say, four and a half. Sure. Give him Cole's contract. Why not? Right. And Kale, Kale McCarr on the last year of his ELC, Bowen Byram on the first year of his ELC, and Connor Timmons on the last year of his ELC, you're you're fine. Right. And it, you're, you're set up relatively well. You're going to have to pay Kale. Your defense will get relatively expensive there, but you have Byram's ELC to work with. Timmons, because he won't have played that much, he'll probably get an affordable bridge type contract as well. Mm -hmm. That's a manageable defensive cost, especially when you look at EJ coming off the books down the line. Well, and and Graves also as a, you know, he'll get, he'll probably get double what he has right now. Uh, You replace Barbario's 1.5, essentially 1.5 with a 1.5 for Graves. And, you know, if Graves keeps scoring and he ends up with a 30 point season, it's going to be more like 3 million, but that's, you know, then we will have to have tomorrow. An, yeah. Then we will have an actual conversation. Cause at that point, now you've got an expensive defense and right. And you, I think you will have a problem at that point. Um, but anyway, Zadorov, the point being is that Zadorov has played very well and, uh, has gone from looking into, uh, just like the the logical odd man out just because you know the money and the situation and who's up and coming to you know you have to find a way you have to find a way to keep him that's the conversations that you have to have with these type of guys graves is earning his roster spot zadorov has been stepping up and you kind of just work your way through those things a lot of positive things here i want to take a step back and circle back around to Sam Gerrard. Okay. He was on the struggle bus for a while. Seemed like he got off it, had his confidence back, looked to be playing much better, moving the puck much more effectively. And then a lot of the issues kind of reared their head again in this Calgary game. And it's fine. I'm not super concerned about this. I think it's something he's working through, but will be able to. But, it's a bit of a roller coaster. It's not the consistent Sam Gerard that we had seen over the first couple of years. And I'm wondering where does that end up falling? How does he figure that out? How can the abs help him sort out that issue? Um, the, yeah, I think the biggest thing that they can do is give him Kale McCarr back. That would certainly help. And, well, this is also we can just tie these conversations together. Boy, did the Avs power play miss Kale McCarr. Yeah, I'm more and more of the opinion. I've been feeling this way just because of all the injuries. I've been feeling this way for a while, but I'm more and more of the opinion that power, the second power play unit just needs to not happen anymore. It's it's just brutal. It, it really is. It just needs to stop happening. Um, leave your top unit out there for the entire two minutes and just roll. Yeah, why not? Clearly, especially when you're missing 
pieces to add the depth, like you said, for that second power play unit, you're not giving yourself a better chance. Right. And I mean, you still have a man advantage, but you're rolling out a unit where your your trigger man is Burakovsky, which you're excited about. But then on the other side, it's Comfort, and in the middle is Jost, and at the point is Sam Gerrard, who has one goal. You know, and and who's who shot nobody respects and you know has nine goals in almost two hundred NHL games. Like it's just not he's he's not enough of a natural goal scorer. You know, he doesn't he's okay shooting from the point, and that's if if you're gonna do that, you have to be able to get the shot through. We talked about that being one of the things that Barry was able to do. He hasn't developed that yet. That just hasn't happened. And I'm not I'm not looking to like give up on it, but continuing to force feed him power play two minutes right now, I don't know. Nikita Zadorov has seven goals in each of the last two years. Why not give that a whirl? Much quicker end unit two entirely than try that. You know McKinnon and Ranton and Landeskog. Makar, when he's back, are going to produce at least some. Yeah, I, I just, I, I just don't see you continue to push the second unit, and it's just, it just does not feel. I, I should look into the numbers really before I make this argument. Um, but it just does not. I, I don't know the last time that unit scored. You know, it's been a minute. It it feels at least like it's been a minute. And it's you know the the top. It's not even making an argument like the top unit is so amazing. You know that's been that's been an issue for them really all year. Um, the the power play wasn't very good early in the season. It's now sixteenth in the league at eighteen point eight percent. You know it's. They've trading got, in the wrong direction. Yeah, they've got they've got the kinds of they've got the kinds of of players where you feel like they should be. I mean, they should be a they should be good for just about a power play goal. Really, every between four and five uh, power plays, every four and five, they should. They yeah. should be twenty percent in one out of five. I, I, I mean, the, they have the talent to be more like a twenty, a twenty-five percent. They do, but we're talking about reasonability here. Law of averages. There's a floor that they should have based on their talent, and right now they're not hitting that floor. Yeah, they're just they're a little below where they should be because I think I, I agree that the they also haven't had the talent together. You know, like, and that's, that's also part of the conversation is that like for a long time, that top unit was like Makar and Kadri and, and McKinnon and, you know, Burkowski and Donskoy and, you know, you're now, now two of those guys are on your second unit, which you should be feeling good about, but your top unit still hasn't really done much yet. And, you know, a, I don't want to get I don't want to get too into it. Sure. Uh, I like I don't want to get too down on it because I want to see a month of them of the top unit. Tomorrow we'll see the full forward core back together for the first time since the ninth game of the season. So that that should be helpful. Um 
when they get Makar back, then we'll really start to see it. I think if they get, assuming everybody's healthy next week, um, you know, let's see how it goes until New Year and then maybe start to make major changes. Yeah, I mean, we've been down the power play road before, so we don't have to go down that road. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah, right. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter how you do it as long as you're putting rubber into the net. So it's time to tell you about Denver Rubber Company. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, custom contract manufacturing, hoses, on and on and on and on. The relevant thing this time of year is their snow plow rubber. They can cut to size and pre-slot pretty much any snow plow rubber, any length, slotted for mounting to meet whatever your exact specifications are. We went and checked out their warehouse a while back now. I got to get back in there because they got that new thing that also, they said it can cut like seven inches of steel straight through it. So would really like to see the fabricating process and what they're using some of those things for as well. But as far as on the rubber side, snow plows, the hoses, they have a whole warehouse full of just hoses. If you need hoses of pretty much any length, go out, give them a call, let them know. They'll hook you up. You can buy for yourself. You can buy bulk at a fantastic rate. And they're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people just like us here at DNVR. You can reach them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm Rudo. He's still AJ. We've talked about most of the defense. We've danced around it. Kale McCarr, first of all, very unlikely to be back for the Philadelphia game. Probably won't be back for the rest of the week, especially the way the Avs have been playing it safe with these types of things for most of their players. But boy, when he's not in the lineup, it's such a noticeable difference how much impact he is already having on this avalanche team. The, the dynamic element of not just like what we talked about last segment with the power play, but bringing the puck out of the zone and his, the way that he attacks the, the zone and jumps in and joins the play. It's very Tyson Berry esque and, we're getting, you know, when there's no Makar and there's no Barry in the lineup, you get to see what it looks like to not have that offensive defenseman. And who knew it's harder to generate offense when you don't have the offensive defenseman. Big shocker there. It's, it is very interesting, the noticeable things that it seems like already the Avalanche fan base takes Kale McCarr's world-class head fake for granted in the offensive zone because that dude creates shooting lanes like nobody's business. I mean, you just get so used to it because you see it every night. Yeah. I mean, it's you can't not take it for granted. You can recognize, oh, my God, this is so special and still understand, okay, well, you know, we see this every day. This is just our world. This is the world that we live in. As people who watch every every Colorado Avalanche game, he just you know, does that, right? Like there are there are times where you know 
Guys trip over the blue line and flail around at pucks and give up odd man rushes. Part of that is also watching Avalanche hockey. There are also times where, you know, Kale McCarr does a does a crazy head fake, jukes multiple Minnesota Wild players and sends them careening across the ice, sticks flailing about, limbs uncontrollable, uncontrollably writhing in the air, and he scores and silences an entire building of 16,000 people who uh, have no idea what they just saw. <laughs> like, sometimes that just happens. And, like, because we got to see the little preview of it in the playoffs, we were prepared. There wasn't a lot of, like, oh, what are we going to get? Like, we saw the guy in the postseason show up against the freaking San Jose Sharks and a very good version of the Sharks and, you know, kind of ball out a little bit. And now it's, you know, he jumps into the regular season and you're just like, all right, well, this is just our life. We get to do this for a very long time. Yeah. Neener, neener. <laughs> Real easy to love hockey when you get to watch that every night. Oh, Put it and, that way. and then to see what Nathan McKinnon last night just, just decides we're not losing this game in regulation. <laughs> Just decides. Was that your like John Wick voice there? Sure. I not on purpose, but <laughs> sure. Terminator Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, I guess exactly. Yes. <laughs> that I mean that is obviously we've seen for years the incredible talent of, of Nathan McKinnon and then on, in the off season, we even talked about the abs need that killer. The abs need the guy that says when they need to win a game, Nathan McKinnon needs to go out and do it. Yes. They didn't win this game, but they do not get a point in this game. If Nathan McKinnon doesn't just will them to it, you need an alpha and you need a guy that simply the, the, the concept of losing in game, Upsets him so much that he physically can't take it. And they had that with Patrick Waugh back in the day. But it is really different to see it in a forward. Yeah, I I would say you could see flashes of it at times with Forsberg back in oh, the day. But no argument. I mean, he was not okay with losing. And that's certainly not to say Joe Sackick was either. Right. But there's a different level of intensity there, right? Right. There's a different level of outward, like, everybody give me the puck. Get the hell out of my way. I'm making this happen now. And McKinnon just was insane last night. By the way, that meme is like the most top-notch meme, avalanche meme I've seen in a while. Sorry, I don't remember who made it, but it's the uh, the flex tape image. Oh, <laughs> with Jared Bender, yeah, and, and he slaps at Nathan yeah. McKinnon on the on the hole. The leaking water is the ass playing poorly <laughs> so hard. When I saw that today, yeah. I was like, "Oh my god!" That was just mwah, top quality. Oh, it was it was perfection. Very very well done. <laughs> So, yeah, and you know what? Maybe, just maybe, 
he doesn't have to be that guy for that much longer as it sounds like Kadri is likely to be back for this Flyers game. As you said, they should pretty much have the whole forward core back together. Sands Colin Wilson. Right. And that's like missing one guy. Right. That's par for the course in the NHL. That's, I mean, that's, that's life, dude. Right. You're just living with it. Yeah. So on, on the, on the other side, man, this was a real opportunity for, for Kamenev and wasn't there. Just wasn't. Kamenev and Nichushkin um, kind of went opposite directions. Yeah, Nichushkin uh, took that ball and he's still skating with it. And Kamenev kind of hit a brick wall, unfortunately. I mean, Nichushkin making a, you know, he uh, he's an RFA at the end of this year. Right. That, that's I tweeted that out last night. That dude is earning a contract in the NHL next year. It might not I'm, be with the Avs, but he's getting I, one. I mean, because he's an RFA, there's – the way that he's going right now, there's no way. Like, obviously, he has to keep it up. But there's no way they wouldn't offer him a qualifying offer. Right. At, at very least, or, you know, whatever. Maybe they don't have the room for him and they trade him for a fifth-round pick or whatever it is. But that guy will be in the NHL next year if this keeps up. Yeah. Well, I – this is a, I mean, turning into a pretty big egg on Dallas's face here. Yeah, no kidding. Just, I mean, mine too, but at least I owned that like weeks ago. That mean that's done. Dallas castoffs, man. Him and Nemeth. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, could not find room for Patrick Nemeth, and well, Detroit found room. Poor guy. Um, yeah, he's maybe he's got the bad juju because it seemed to follow him around there a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, yeah. But hey, look, he's a, well, Detroit is bad. They are they're exceptionally bad. Now let hey, let's take a minute to talk about this, okay? Whew. Detroit is currently on pace to go under the forty eight point season. I uh, Evan and I were. Uh, working the game last night and we were we were talking about something and their actual record popped up and like it's one thing when you're like oh they've got x number of points but they are 722 and three yeah that's here abs are plus 27 goal differential boston is plus 29 goal differential those are the two best goal differentials in the league you add them together you get plus 56 detroit is minus 62 minus 62 in 32 games they give they lose by two goals every single game basically is what that amounts to they that's incredible. They've lost they are, 10 in a row. Yeah, I just saw that too. They are 0 10 and 0 in their last 10. My Streak God. Streak L10. <laughs> <laughs> it's so glorious. It's so glorious. People like to say the rivalry is dead, but if you live through that rivalry, it is never going to be dead. I mean, not I all the it, way. I think it's dead, but yeah, not right. all the way. I, you know, like I don't live and die with with what happens with them, but I am enjoying this. <laughs> the <laughs> suffering, especially after watching them like luck their way out with like, oh, hey, look at these mid round picks turn into Hall of Famers, part seventeen. 
and like rebooted their dynasty. And then, you know, and now all of a sudden it's like Steve Eiserman came back. The savior is here. Oh God. We're terrible. I will note, you know, three, uh, three Detroit scouts at the Avs game last night. Well, well, well. My, my, my. What's that? You know who doesn't play for that team, though, is Taylor Hall. Yeah, but Anthony Mantha does. <laughs> Something to watch, perhaps. Well, I guess what the other news is Grubauer's fine, basically. Could play if they needed him to. Totes. So. Honestly, I think he'll probably play tomorrow. He got he got super sly the other day when uh, Mike Chambers was trying to ask him how he was how he was feeling if he tweaked something, and Grubauer Grubauer looked at him and said, "Oh, Frankie just needed more playing time." <laughs> well, that's good news that none of the core pieces have anything serious. Basically, I yeah. I've been on multiple shows, be it on DNVR or otherwise, over today talking about how I think this this Philadelphia game low-key might be a beatdown coming. Why is that? This is a team coming off a loss that I don't think they're particularly happy with. Certainly Bednar was not particularly happy with. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. I see what you're saying now. I thought you meant the abs were going to get beat down and I was no. like... I was like, what a strange premonition. No, I should predict that because I seem to whiff on my premonitions all the time. But this is a lot of things built up into this game. Them getting healthy, the loss they're coming off. It it feels like it could be a game where things get a little nutty. I think it'll either, I I would agree, I think it'll either be the Philly game or the Jersey game. Yeah, it could be the Jersey like, game because they're bad. Yeah, New Jersey, uh, not significantly better than Detroit. Uh, they only have nine wins on the season. Uh, they also don't have any goaltending um, with a negative 37 goal differential, but they do have a Taylor Hall, and, you know, that's going to be... <sighs> Friday's going to be a long day. But, For Taylor Hall reasons. <laughs> yeah, but, but, I mean, that's a bad hockey team, man, that... The abs, you know, the next part of this whole, like, oh, you're a contender, right? Is that you smoke bad teams. Right. You don't even make it a story. It's just over. And, like, you you know, like, Boston just lost to to Ottawa the other day. Right. Look, it's still the NHL. Anyone can win on any given night. Right. Like, these things can still happen, but you need to win, like, 80% of your games against bad teams if you're going to be one of the league's elite. Like you've you've got to take care of business. That's where you get your points from. Like you beat up on a lot of the little guys, and then you you know you try to just go like six hundred against good teams. And this is you're coming off a loss to Calgary. Good teams prevent losing streaks by beating the teams that they're supposed to. Yeah, and when you're one supposed, if you're going to be one of the best teams in the league, then you need to be you know you're favored on a, in a homestand. Your favorite every night, so. Right. That's that's what it boils down to. Good teams win hockey games. It's not a complicated process. Yeah, and we've seen this is a team that has played up and down to its competition for years, and this is the first year where you've really felt like maybe that personality was starting to change, that they were starting to turn into 
okay, well, we're the big dog now. And so we're just going to go get our two points and leave. So they need to get back to it. Philly's a good team, too. So I, I think tomorrow could be a, a fun fireworks game. I hope be so. a lot of good offense tomorrow. You know, Philly, 96 goals on the year. Uh, they <clears throat> are only would only be two points behind the Avs. Um, you know, 39 points to the Avs, 41. This, you know, they're a solid team. Question is with them as always with goaltending, really. And they've gotten it this year, you know, to just some extent. They'll be missing Konechny, so that hurts them quite a bit. But <laughs> Suckers. I I suspect that I the top line is just going to go ham on them. I think. I I see where where I'm really excited is to see what happens when the Kadri line gets out there, like Kadri Donskoy, and, and just and Burakovsky, yeah. exactly. And you're like, finally, we get to see what the depth looks like when it really is going to get going here. And they are not going to. They cannot hang. Well. I'm looking forward to it. Any final thoughts as we close out this late night episode? No, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Looking forward to the rest of this week. You know, I think it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Um, The the schedule gets a little bit more favorable for the abs in terms of the home game. So it's time for them to start taking care of some business at home. All right. We'll leave it at that. Make the, Pepsi Center a happy place that's going to do it for this episode as always thank you for listening and we will be back tomorrow with probably something interesting take it easy and have a good night and I'm still talking goodbye if you live in the south metro area and have been looking for top notch customer service extensive beer wine and spirit selections and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some uh, hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. But I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. Uh, wines, I find them extremely helpful in helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials.